So, hello everyone. Life Jitsu, Art of Life, Frank Forza here. A little drive, getting ready for an interview today. I got a great interview. I got a guy, he is a sports coach, manages one of the most successful fight academies in the world. He's also a bartender. He's a father, I think, four kids, married, and really, really fit guy, and uh, he just seems to be humming on all cylinders. So, He's a real good people manager, real good. He's got that bartender thing where he uh, he's really good at reading people and knowing which buttons to push. Uses it a lot as a bartender. Uses it as a uh, as a coach and in business. I mean, they had a business their their academy here, twelve thousand square feet. It was it was on the ropes. It was not doing well, and uh, he came in and they really turned it around so I'm going to be talking to him that podcast will be coming up later but first top of mind remember my big thing Warren Buffett Steve Jobs always talk about you know um, and 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 also Bill Gates and others time is the most precious commodity here in this dimension and so when you deal in age defiance and longevity as I do it's not just about looking good in vanity. I'll be honest. If vanity is your primary thing, I understand if you have a wedding or you have your bodybuilder or something. But for me, fitness-wise, vanity and six-pack abs—that really, that just doesn't do it for me. I won't. I don't want to work out five, six, seven days a week if it's just to have a six-pack and and be the most svelte and fit person in the room. That just—that doesn't do it for me. That's that's yesterday. That's twenty years ago stuff. That just doesn't resonate with me now. For me now, it's about I eat first and primarily for performance. And I eat first primarily so that I can have, you know, so that I can feed my brain and I can pursue excellence. I can hunt excellence. That's that's it. And I eat primarily and I'm mindful of pretty much everything I eat, not because I'm a freak, because I value age defiance. I value longevity. Why? Because time is such a precious commodity. If you can buy yourself that time, you could be so much more. I mean, if you're a legacy-minded person and you want to make an impact in this dimension, you want to impact this society, you want to be a better father, you want to be a better worker, you want to be a better creator, you want to be a better friend, you want to be a better leader, you want to be a better teacher, Quality matters. Quantity matters. Take more shots. Volume matters. I want to have a lot more years here. I'm just getting warmed up. Everything I've done, and I'm middle, you know, I'm I'm about to be 46 years old. You will not see me in a t-shirt and shorts walking around the gym, and you will definitely, you will not think, you will think 30. If I put a baseball cap on, you will think 30. If I'm dressed up in a business suit and I'm speaking, people do think I'm 36, 37 because of my demeanor, because of the way I carry myself, because of the authoritative. People, people will perceive me to be a little older, but if you just look, you, I don't talk, I don't, I'm just standing there, I'm, I'm a lot younger, and I'm proud of that. And what I've done is I've bought myself more years. I'm buying myself time. I'm buying myself time to make more of an impact more time to shape a legacy, more time to be creative, more time to, to get life right. We're all a work in progress. More time to get it right, because that matters to me. More time to, to fulfill my God-given gifts. I have a responsibility 
to society. Every responsibility to God. Every responsibility to fulfill that. Put more positivity and good things in, in the world. And I need, I want to have more time and more energy to do that. I honestly believe, I mean, barring an apocalypse or some catastrophe, uh, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me to have another 80 years and maybe 60, 70, those would be really good years, able to get out there, cycle, hike, and have a very agile mind and, and be super creative and live an incredible life. It, it, it's not going to surprise me that the, that the best years are now and the best years are ahead of me. It's exactly what I expect, and that's why I value that time. So, you know, it's interesting, by the way, I just mentioned something. I was in a philosophy of life class back during my days at the University of Maryland. And the professor posed a question to us. He said, how many of you, by a show of hands, would like the best years of your life to be the first third of your life? Zero hands went up in the class. And then the professor asked, how many of you would prefer the second third of your life be the best years of your life? And I think one hand went up. How many of you would prefer that the last third of your life be the best years your life. And pretty much every hand in the room went up. And it was so dramatic that I remember, of all the things, there are a lot of things in those classes I forgot, and conversations I forgot. I always remembered that. We're all naturally wired and programmed that all's well that ends well. Americans, people across cultures, we love a happy ending. We expect to get muddy and get beaten up along the way trying to figure it out. We are all works in progress. We are. We are all to be continued. I, I look, I meet a person, when, you know, even as a journalist, as a writer, as an artist, and the only way I can judge or measure that person is I need, it's almost, it, it's a mosaic, it's incomplete. A lot of times you meet someone, you only have a little piece of the picture. You don't have, it's, it's hard to judge people. It's hard to measure them because you only, you're operating usually with an incomplete picture. The more years you've been in someone's life, the more complete of a picture you have, the better you can measure them. The less you know them, I mean, you can easily misjudge and misread someone. You say, well, this person's slow. They're super slow. They're lazy. Well, maybe they, maybe they, they have a congenital blood condition or something, and they're not lazy, and they're working as hard as they can. They're the hardest worker in the room, but they just... They have a congenital something and they're giving you everything. And if you compare them to everybody else, they look lazy and they look like they're a sloth. But if you look and you look at their disability, my buddy Steven, who's had 30-some surgeries in a wheelchair, a guy gives everything. He's in constant pain. He goes to bed in pain. He gives everything. He shows up for work almost every day, five days a week. And you could say, well, he's not as productive as these people. Yeah, but he, guess what? What people love about him is the guy gives everything. He's given me everything he's got. A lot, of, a lot of other people don't. So we need more information to really, to really measure. A lot of times we need more information. We're operating a lot of times with incomplete information. 
But we are wired as humans, all's well that ends well. And so I'm like, you know, yeah, I, 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 I'm still, I'm in the second third of my life. And I'm just entering it. And yet, my, my birth certificate says one thing, but I feel like I bought myself years with the, with the positive decisions I've made, the discipline I've had eating. And I haven't been perfect, by the way. You don't, you don't know what you don't know. Years ago, I thought I was eating super healthy. I was the healthiest person in the room, healthiest guy I know, people used to say. But now, looking back and knowing now what I know about nutrition and wellness, I'm like, well, I was, based on the information I had, I was doing incredible. I was incredibly disciplined, and I was healthier than everybody I knew. But based on what I know now, wow, I wasn't that healthy. But I did age better than people. Some of it's genetics, and some of it's because... Um, I've been very disciplined and, I, and I've been very conscientious and I've tried to make the right decisions. And 95% of the time, 98% of the time when I'm eating, I do. And I have a very strong uh, discipline muscle. And so for all of us, wherever you are in your life, we have now and why not buy yourself time? And that's why I took, man, it took me a pain in the butt this morning. It took me like 40 minutes, you know, 35 minutes of food prep today. That's a long time. I mean, I'm going to have to start getting hitting whole foods here a lot more and just eating out. But, but uh, yeah, that was a pain in the, in the butt. 35 minutes to prep, but like, man, pay now or pay later, right? Pay now, either um, put the time in and, and, and I know when I'm making that food, I know what's, what's in it. I'm making it with love. I'm making it with intention. I know what's in it. And I'm going to make it, to, you know, I know what I like. Um, so it, it's worth it. It's, it's about buying yourself time. And people say, well, you know, you know, a buddy of mine, we were talking last night. And he said, oh, you know, you just, you, your, your body's just naturally lean. You have that body type, whatever. And I'm thinking, wait, 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 wait. I mean, again, you're operating on an incomplete picture. You, you've never seen my mom. You've never seen my brothers. You've never seen... You never met my aunt. You never met my grandparents. You never met my uncles, my cousins. I'm the most fit person in my family by far. By far. We have a lot of people that are overweight in my family. A lot. We have, you know, a number of people that have died young. Um, Nobody in my family has ever been as fit as I am. It's the habits that I've had. It's not the DNA. We have tons of, you know, we have tons of, you know, Carreri and I'll call it Forzas that, um, you know, they battle the, they battle the balls, they battle that. So it ain't just a genetic thing. It's a habit thing. It's a mindfulness. It's a conscientious eating thing. And I would just say, again, if you're concerned about performance, whatever your performance, maybe you, maybe you are 30, 40 pounds overweight and maybe you perform well at work. I'm, I'm arguing you perform even better. I'm arguing you'll perform even better at work. I'm arguing you'll perform even better in the other areas of your life, in every area, whenever you go to do anything. I'm arguing you're going to feel better. Because at the end of the day, the thing we're all chasing, we're all chasing, what, what are they after? What's your goal? What, whether you're money motivated, whether you're love motivated, whatever it is, you're chasing a feeling. You're chasing an arrangement. Maybe it's an invisible thing, an invisible feeling, or maybe even you could even scientifically measure it molecularly at some cell in some part of your body that heats up and say, that's the feeling that you get when you do this, this thing. You're ch- we're chasing feelings. That's it. At the core of it. 
If you want a lot of money, you're chasing the feeling that you think that money would give you. If you want love, you're chasing the feeling, the habit of that feeling. That's it. That's what we're all chasing. And so when you make the right decision, you realize that you are primarily water. The best foods you can eat, it's not a coincidence, the best foods you can eat are mostly water. The kales, the cucumbers, the spinach, the the squashes, the, all the green, the great green stuff that measures the highest for antioxidants, even strawberries, which are wonderful for you, blueberries, mostly water. And of course, water, you know, and, and again, we'll have this discussion in a future podcast about water. You know, which water should you drink? How much water? There's a big debate over how much water. I'm one of those people, I lean heavy toward more water, right? They say, a lot of people say, well, eight, eight, eight ounce glasses for the average person, whatever. I, I go higher than that. Um, especially for people that are that exercise intensely and live in a desert as we do here. You're talking a lot of people should be getting closer to two gallons of water. Um, and, uh, and I said water, I didn't say Gatorade. I mean like water, coconut water, watermelon uh, juice, that sort of thing, fresh squeezed OJ, etc. Um, but, 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 you know, we are mostly water. We are, mo- we are mostly oxygen. Your whole circulation system, your heart health, everything, you know, that whatever, roughly 60-some thousand miles of, of you know, blood vessels, capillaries, arteries, veins, that highway of blood and oxygen transportation, that's you, that's your energy. And so what impacts that? The, the fuel, the water, the hydration levels are key. They're huge. So being aware of that, I mean, we're talking about, listen, we're talking about, at the end of the day, self-love. We're going to pound that drum, self-love. It doesn't mean being selfish. In fact, the purpose of self-love is the opposite. The purpose of self-love is to love yourself so much that you understand how to love other people more, that you empathize with them. You see the world through their eyes. You grow your love muscle when I had my son, when my wife, ex, you know, ex-wife had our, our son, that was the most incredible, I mean, that was, you know, when, when he came out, that was the most incredible um, feeling right there. And it just, it just stunned me. And, it, and I was in awe and I, you know, I, I, I started crying. It was just, it, it hit me um, so much. Welcome to the world, right? And... I'm almost losing my train of thought. It's such a beautiful, it was such a beautiful moment. But when I had, you know, when we had my son, who's now nine, that was like, I thought I knew love. I thought I knew how to love people. And uh, that just totally raised my awareness because then I realized, wow, you don't, wow, there's a whole nother level of love whole nother. It was an explosion of love. I knew, I knew from that point on, how much does your mom love you? How much does your dad love you? How much does the person you see at the grocery store, at the park, your friends, when they're kids, how much they love their kids? I knew right then. And now I knew, like on a deeper level, wow. And I can feel how much I empathize with them, how much they love their kids, how important their kids are to them, how important their spouse is to them. How much you can love someone. I re- it was another level. It, it opened me up. And I had, from that moment, I always say that, you know, when, when Gianni was born, my love muscle grew tremendously. And then when that love muscle grew, I had the capacity to love everyone more. 
And I had the capacity to empathize with people on an even deeper level. And so food, among other things, food, nutrition, mindful nutrition, the decisions we make every day, these are expressions of self-love. You have to see them that way. You owe yourself, as my friend Dre Gardner, a very famous yogi here in Vegas, and he does some wonderful events. He always says, you owe you. You owe you. You owe yourself. And when you're a better you, and you're making those decisions, the right decisions of food and the habits of hydration and the choosing your thoughts and choosing positive thoughts and doing good things and having faith, exercising your faith, exercising your intuition, treating people well, being positive, taking all your God-given gifts and using them, using them to make your life better, your friends better, and using them to make society better, the world better, leaving a positive impression. You owe you. Be the best you because that's be what the world needs more of. And then when you are that, you are helping the world. You are inspiring people. You'll be a better leader. You'll be a better mom. You'll be a better dad. You'll be a better friend. You'll be a better, you know, better worker at the office. You'll be a better team worker. Right? You'll be a better entrepreneur. You'll be a better everything. But it starts with that self-love investing in you. Every bite matters. Every bite is an investment in you. Every bite is an expression of self-love. And that's why this stuff matters. This is not this nutrition rabbit hole that I've went down for 32 years. It is not about weight loss primarily. Everyone else, all the nutrition trainers and the dietitians and the nutritionists, they're always, it's, it's health and it's weight loss. It's the health thing. It's mind clarity. It's buying yourself years. It's energy. It's it's improving your recovery. It's improving your peak performance of your body, your mind, and even your spirit. His spirit is a big deal. We're going to talk about that. We have my friend Marco Scolari. His mom just died recently, and his mom, he, had, he was blessed. He had such a great mom, and he revered his mom, and his mom taught him so much. And she just died, and she died you know, younger than she should have. His mom was maybe 55 or 58 or somewhere in there, and she died, and he, he expected to have more years with her and cancer took her and way quicker than he imagined and, and that was hard for him but and he said you know he's an atheist or at least he was an atheist or, or somewhere in there and and now it's his mom was an avid believer she was an avid catholic and we're going to talk about that issue about god and and the case for god i, I believe there is god wholeheartedly, 100%. And that shouldn't be illegal to say that in today's world. If you don't believe, that's fine. I got plenty of friends who don't. Agnostic, eight, that's fine. But this war on people who do believe, who aren't shoving it down anyone's throat, who just believe and have faith, it's wrong. There's nothing wrong. There are plenty of good reasons to believe in God. There really are. A lot of people, their lives are better. They treat people better. The world makes more sense and they might be right, by the way. I think they are. I think we are. I think those of us who do believe are right. And I'm going to love you. You're an atheist agnostic. I'm called to love you. I'm, I'm going to try not to judge you. I'm not going to sit here and preach. It's not about preaching. It's just about an intellectual case for the existence of God. It's about when someone dies on you. And, and it's about the question we all ponder, which is, is there a God? We all, I've been asking that question since I was a kid. We all have that. Why can't we? Why can't I talk about that? Why is that? such a bad thing. It's not. It's a beautiful thing. Faith is a, can be a wonderful thing. 
it can be a wonderful anchor, a wonderful foundation of a lot of lives. There are a lot of good people, some of the best people I know. And yes, there are, there are atheists out there and agnostics that are making contributions to the world and they're, they're fine people. And, and if that's working for them, hey, it's not my life. It's, if it's working for you, then, then great. If atheism and agnosticism is working for you, great. But I just want to talk about some of these issues when we think about God and, and someone dies or times we feel close to God, times we feel away from God. Talk about faith, because faith is a very powerful weapon. It's the top of the pyramid. John Wooden spent 17 years, his Pyramid of Success, which was read by tons of Fortune 500 and Fortune 1000 CEOs and executives, among others. You know, you talk about some of the best-selling books of all time. The Pyramid of Success took 17 years. The guy put 17 years in it. Guess what's the top of the pyramid? The glue that holds everything together. He couldn't outdo it. He kept thinking, thinking, thinking. Guess what's at the top of the pyramid? It's faith. And faith in what? Well, you guess you get to decide. Make sure it's something really powerful. Make sure it's something really incredible. <laughs> Make sure it's something really divine. Otherwise, it'd be a weak faith. So, Marco Scolari, my friend, lost his mom to cancer uh, way before he thought he would. And we're going to talk about, you know, Cole coming to terms with the death of your mom and the lessons he learned and, and, and the existence of God. You know, he's had some, a lot of things in his heart regarding God since his mom's death. Um, and so, again, getting back to it, though, every bite matters, these expressions of self-love. And one of the, one of the expressions of self-love that's right there every day for you. What are you going to eat? What are you going to drink? What thoughts are you going to choose? If you don't like the thoughts, what thoughts are you going to consciously say, no, I don't like those and I'm going to replace, you know, I'm going to replace those thoughts with these. And I'm going to change the programming, the vibration, right? So everything we do is designed to get to the audite, the best in class, the top of the pyramid. That's everything we do here at Life Jitsu, the art of life, trying to get it right. We're all a work in progress. Um, and um, I appreciate everybody who listens, everybody who's coming along for this journey as we try to ask the right questions, try to learn from each other, interview some fasting people, interviews, interview celebrities, entrepreneurs, and my favorite people, the ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things, the, the humble heroes who are hiding in plain sight, who live in our communities, who live in our zip codes, who are our friends, who are our parents who are the pillars of our community, who don't get enough credit, and I want to shine a light on them. So, happy Tuesday, everybody, whatever day it is when you're listening to this. Um, I'm just excited. There are a lot of great things afloat. If you need to contact me, questions, suggestions, topics, frankie at frankieforza.com. F-R-A-N-K-I-E at frankieforza.com. Love to hear from you. Have a great day, everybody, and be well.